You're listening to audio from Journey Bible Church. Join us every week for sermons from God's Word by subscribing to this podcast wherever you like to listen most. If you would like to connect with us, head to journeybible.org connect. Well, hi everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Colton Satham, if you don't know me, and I'm Journey Bible Church's West Campus pastor. Now, typically I'm actually over at our West Campus on the other side of town off K7 and Santa Fe, but you know, it's a real privilege to be here with all of you today at our central campus. Um, and that's because this morning we're hosting a really special service to show some appreciation to each one of you who gift your time, treasure, and talents to Journey Bible Church. Uh, We wanna bring our whole congregation together to really celebrate the art of serving. And because we're one church on mission to multiple locations, our West Campus congregation is actually joining us online this morning. So say hello to all of them, special hello to you guys, as well as anyone else who might be joining us online today, we say hello. Now, in this worship service, we're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, First off, we're going to have a shorter sermon than usual, and that's to allow for time for three of our volunteers to share their real-life stories about serving here in our church. And you're going to have the opportunity to hear about their experiences in serving, the impact of serving, and the way God is changing lives through serving here at Journey Bible Church. But before they come up, we're first going to open up the Word of God, Uh, Surprise, surprise, but Journey is in fact a Bible church, and that's because we believe that there is no better way to live life than under the Word of God. So one of my favorite passages about serving is Matthew 25. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. It'll give us a little bit of context. Uh, Jesus has in there a parable called the parable of the talents, and in this parable, he likens servants to three people who've each been entrusted with various amounts of money or talents. The expectation is that these three people should invest the money while the master is away, so that when the master returns, there will be even more money than what the master had left them with. To the most skilled servant, the master entrusts the most amount of money and the most amount of responsibility. To the least skilled servant, the master entrusts the least amount of money and the least amount of responsibility. And to the servant in between, the master entrusts what is right according to his ability in between the other two. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to look there at what happens when the master initially returns. And I'm going to be reading from Matthew 25 right there in verses 19 through 23. So this is from the English Standard Version. And here's what Jesus says. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for Jesus's words here, which reveal so clearly that you are the master and we are your servants. God, please forgive us for the times when we reverse Jesus's words, when we put ourselves on top, and when we forget how every good and every perfect gift first comes from you. God, please let this parable from your son be a source of encouragement to every good and faithful servant here today. And God, by your Holy Spirit, let us not lose heart in doing good. For your word tells us in due season, it promises that we will reap a harvest of blessing and glory and honor if we don't give up. God, allow us now to receive your life-transforming word. And it is in the name of Jesus, the Lord and Savior, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, a few years ago, Time Magazine had a cover story called, Who Killed Summer Vacation? And the point of the article was that modern Americans were taking less vacations and less paid time off than ever before. Millions of paid vacation days were expiring that didn't roll over into the next year. Back in 2018, the U.S. Travel Association and Oxford Economics estimated that 768 million vacation days were completely unused that year. Of those, 236 million vacation days were forfeited because they had expired which all equated to $65.5 billion in lost employee benefits. When you see the numbers, that's a ton of money and benefits that millions of Americans were just leaving behind. When asked why so many Americans were forfeiting their vacation days, here are some of the people's top responses. Some said, Well, if I leave town, then I would just return to an even bigger pile of work. If I go on a trip, no one else is going to get the job done while I'm away. If I take a break, then someone else is going to get that promotion over me. I can't afford to lose this job and look replaceable with management trying to downsize. I would just feel so guilty taking a vacation right now, and I couldn't even enjoy it if I did. Now, I'm sure that many of us can relate to some of these responses. Fast forward to post-pandemic, and thankfully, it's not all doom and gloom. Studies are saying that vacationing is back on the rise in America, and it'll be interesting to see what changes this year. Even so, here's my point. When we're given a good gift, even a good gift like paid vacation days, there are reasons not to use it. Some reasons are good. Some reasons are not so good. Whatever the reason may be, when we're given good gifts, we can be tempted to let those good gifts go. Although Jesus presents three servants in the parable of the talents, There are, in fact, only two kinds of servants. For God, it's not about how much you've been given. Rather, it's about what you do 
with the good gifts he's given you. There's one kind of servant who lets the master's gift go and loses his reward. And then there's another kind of servant who makes the most of the master's gift and receives his reward. Jesus calls the first kind lazy and wicked, yet Jesus calls the second kind good and faithful. This should come as no surprise, but if you want to be the rewarded servant, then you've got to make the most of God's talents. You've got to make the most of the time, treasure, and talents that God gives you. Time includes resting well in God's presence, but it also means giving up your time in service to the Lord. Treasure means is becoming as generous as you can with whatever financial situation God has given you. And talents is all about making the most of the skills, passions, and callings that you have received from God. All in all, the reason that we make the most of these gifts is because we're the servants and God is the master. We've received all kinds of good gifts from God, and instead of letting them go, we honor our master the most when we make the most of his gifts to us. Again, it's not about how much you've been given. And Jesus makes this crystal clear in the parable. If you look there at verse 21, you can see that the master's reward for the servant with five talents is the same reward in verse 23 for the servant who was given two talents. You see, the servant with two talents only made four talents in total. From the world's perspective, I mean, he didn't even make as much as the guy who had five talents to start with. Last time I checked, four is less than five. And yet Jesus says their reward is the same. Both verse 21 and 23 say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We make the most of our talents because we have a master in heaven who is worth everything to serve. And when it comes to the art of serving him well, I want you to notice there's three traits the master is looking for. And any one of us can become a rewarded servant if we passionately pursue these three traits. First, it is good to serve. The first trait God is looking for when we serve is goodness. Now, unlike money, you can't really measure goodness with dollar signs, and you can't really put a price tag on goodness either. And asking how much is goodness going to cost me isn't really the right question to be asking. How much is good enough isn't the kind of customer service God is looking for. Instead, the Bible says God measures goodness in our hearts and through our intentions. But the problem with that is that even though God can see into our hearts, we can't always see into each other's hearts or each other's intentions. Even so, Jesus reveals in Matthew 7 that goodness produces fruit that everyone can see. Like a tree, bad works lead to thorns and thistles while good works lead to grapes and figs. In other words, a good servant has the heart that strives to produce a good impact in the lives of others. 
If you serve and serve and serve and serve, and you're the only one who's ever changed by your service, that really isn't good service in the eyes of the Lord. That's just self-improvement. The rewarded servant, on the other hand, isn't someone who primarily serves to change himself or herself. The rewarded servant is striving first and foremost to impact the lives of others for their master in heaven. The rewarded servant is looking for ways to pass on the goodness that they've received from Jesus Christ. And this is good in the eyes of the Lord. Now, second, it is faithful to serve. The second trait God is looking for when we serve is faithfulness. And not only does faithfulness mean to keep at it, especially when the ways you're called to serve are hard, but faithfulness is all about who you're really serving for. It's good to impact the lives of others, yet it is faithful to serve in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a saying that I've heard get tossed around in churches from time to time, and that saying is preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I'm here to tell you that saying belongs in the trash can. Just crumple that up, throw it around, never use it again. You see, it is necessary to use words to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just as it is necessary to identify ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ in order to faithfully serve others. Whether you're serving in the church or beyond the church, a truly faithful servant is someone who serves in the name of Christ. Romans 1 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. But then it goes on to say, for in it, the righteousness or goodness of God is revealed from faith for faith. What all this means is that goodness and faithfulness are tied together. It's not an either or. The rewarded servant is the one who is good and faithful. They produce good works that impact the lives of others, and they are faithful to their master's calling so much so that the master can say of them, well done. Now, if you pause to maybe consider your own life for a moment, all the time, all the treasure, all the talents that you've received from God, think about whether or not Jesus would say, well done with how you've used it all. Would Jesus call you good and faithful or perhaps would he call you something else? This brings me to our last trait. Third, it is joyful to serve. The third and final trait God is looking for when we serve is joyfulness. Again, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. What's important here is that our joy in serving comes from the master's joy in us. Serving that is good and faithful will be filled with joy, even when it's hard. And that joy comes from your service and from seeing your service in the master's perspective. You see, from God's perspective, all we have to be faithful with 
is just a little in his eyes. God possesses far more time, more treasure, and more talents than we can even comprehend. So the master's joy doesn't come from receiving more of what he already has an abundance of. The master's joy comes from reuniting with his servants who have remained good and faithful to their calling, something only made possible by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is good to serve. It is faithful to serve. And it is joyful to serve. And if these three traits are true of you, then you can be confident that you too will hear, well done from Jesus and enter into the joy of your master. Well, now I'd like to invite one of our good and faithful servants to come on up here. Levi Arnold is going to come on up and he's going to share his story with us about serving and journey kids. Good morning, church. My name is Levi Arnold, and um, I have the honor of being one of the leaders for the Upper Elementary Kids Ministry. So that is the third, fourth, and uh, fifth grader kids. And I have a confession I need to make. So for 11 years, I was an attender, a member here in this church, and I had never consistently served in any real capacity. I had attended uh, different life groups or Bible studies and, you know, kind of scattered across the spectrum of consuming the church, but never actually serving and giving back. That was until last year when my wife and I got a call from Mandy King and Esther Campbell asking us to please come meet them at the church. And it was funny, my wife and I, Alyssa, knew that it was going to be a request to up our serving. And we got to the parking lot, and we looked at each other, and we said, okay, no matter what the question is, the answer is no. And this is for good reason. We had a lot going on, super busy people. So um, my wife works full-time. She was already serving on the events team. Um, we're really busy with our little eight-year-old girl. We, at the time, had a year-and-a-half-year-old girl who was a handful. And I'm working and trying to finish up a PhD. And then, unbeknownst to anybody but us, we were expecting our third kid. So life wasn't looking like it was going to get any slower. And it didn't look like a good time to be serving. So we went in to this meeting. And we were prepared with an answer to just say, no, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. We went out from the meeting saying, maybe. And then a month later, we said, okay, we're going to do it. And that was because we felt that this was the time for us to be obedient. Things weren't going to get slower for us, maybe ever. And we had good reason to um, pursue this because it's not like this is going to get simpler. So it was time for us to be obedient and just move forward. Um, and add on top of that, it didn't necessarily make sense for us to be serving, or especially me to be serving. I've never had an interest in serving um, and teaching little kids. So uh, my background is um, kind of academic, 
teaching, you know, interacting with uh, other people um, at a higher level uh, as far as like education and training. So this didn't really fit well. I didn't think I would be able to relate um, and I didn't know about the challenges. Um, add on top of that, I didn't have any experience um, leading um, Bible teaching or I certainly had no theology background. Um, but I'm so glad that I did because the benefits to me on a sort of selfish level have been immense. So the whole time that I was here for a whole decade, I sat over here and I can tell you that there are so many times that someone would come up to me and said, oh, hey, Lee. they'd introduce themselves, say, my name is so-and-so. And I'd say, I'm Lee. I'm like, oh, have you been here long? Been here for 10 years, you know? And, but that's not their fault. It's because I wasn't plugged in. I wasn't connecting. I wasn't serving. And it's been amazing I feel now that I'm very well connected. You guys get to know me. I'm more than just a familiar face. I actually have a purpose here. Um, the kids know me. So any random Sunday, I'll be walking through the lobby and I'll feel a little hug. I'm like, oh, hey, there you are, buddy. So it's been really great to be able to be connected and I'm known here. The other thing that's been really great for me personally is the way that these kids just stretch and challenge me. So... Those kids, our kids, guys, they're not dumb. They are smart. And when we go up there to teach, it's often a dialogue. It's a back and forth. And that opens up a lot of room for questions. And they're not throwing softballs up there. Um, so some of the time, probably more often than the time, I have to admit and say, guys, I'm not really sure. I want to have to look that up and get back to you next week. So my duty then is to look it up through the week and say, okay, this is what the Bible says. And guys, that's a real challenge. Um, so it's been really good for me to like solidify what it is that I know about fundamentals of the Bible and the fundamentals of Christ. Um, and then as far as like, not just me, but how I've seen lives changed has also been really cool. So um, I think often we look for these really big dramatic events in people's lives. These big things of like, oh, you know, I, the, today's the day I want to serve Christ or today's the day, you know. Um, but that's honestly, if I'm being clear, that's not what I've experienced with these kids. In my own life, that's not really the case either. It's God working in a slow, methodical manner and just carving away who it is that we're supposed to be. And as an example, um, I get to see these kids, like when we first started, especially the third graders just coming in. They come in and they're wild. They are kind of all over the place, bouncing um, all off the wall, and they're not focused and sometimes inappropriate. And it's been really cool to like work with them and see them sit and they're engaging and they're communicating back and forth. And then I get to see them like think about Christ, think about the Bible and really grow. Um, and that's been such a cool experience. There have been a few big moments for us. Um, so my daughter, Ava, she's a third grader. We got the chance to um, have her baptized this fall. And I actually had the honor of doing that. And I think that was such a special time. So not only as a father do I get to baptize my daughter, as her Sunday school teacher, I get to baptize her. And I don't think um, a couple of years ago I could have ever imagined that that's what I would have been blessed with. So I've just been so amazed and so blessed to have been serving, and I'm so grateful um, that I was obedient to God's calling. Um, I just kind of want to leave with this. Um, if you do feel called, I just encourage you to be obedient 
to God. It will change your life. You will help change other people's lives. Um, and the last thing, sort of a thought that I've had is it would be really cool for us as a community to, you know, when we introduce each other, say, okay, my name is Levi, your name is so-and-so, um, what do you do? It wouldn't be like, oh, what's your vocation? It's like, oh, well, where do you serve? Where do you serve in the body of Christ? You know, we're all part of one body here. And this a way that we're all unified and come together through the body of Christ. Anyway, I thank you all um, for the honor of serving your kids. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. I'm Mary, and I think that Levi and I have been connected at the hip here because my journey started in May of 2021, and I moved up to sixth grade from having worked for two years with fourth and fifth graders in kids' ministry. And now I am serving in the wacky and wonderful world of middle schoolers, and I absolutely love it. I felt called into this, especially because I wanted to be with those girls that I had come to know in fifth grade as they were moving into sixth and then seventh grade and so on. And it has just been a blast. Recently, we in the Bible study on Sunday morning with the middle schoolers have been looking at the 15th chapter of John, and we were studying how we need to be faithful in remaining and staying connected to the vine so that we would be able to use the good fruits that he has given us. These boys and girls, as Levi said, are smart, they're thoughtful, they're engaging, and they're very entertaining. <laughs> the benefits of serving come through many small moments when something clicks with one of our kids, when one of them is brave enough to share an issue that's really important to them, or when they begin to look at the world through eyes of faith, when they get what it means to forgive a friend that has done them wrong at school, or to be obedient to their parents. And just when I'm not sure that some of what we've talked about has stayed with them, a random comment shows me how God is working. For example, late last fall, we were talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in believers. And I had made about 50 small, out-of-construction paper symbols of the Holy Spirit and passed them out to the kids in our Bible study. And I had no idea when we left some made it home with them. Some were found on the floor of Warehouse A. And yet about four or five weeks later, one of the seventh grade girls in our life group came up to me and she showed me the back of her phone and underneath the clear case of her phone was this tiny little yellow Holy Spirit out of construction paper. So you just never know what might sink in. During our first year together, one of our sixth grade girls 
made her profession of faith um, as a result of the invitation from one of our pastors during the large group middle school and high school teaching. When we got back to our life group that night, she shared that she had done this, and the girls just cheered and clapped for her. It was a wonderful moment. And then a few months later, she asked me if I would baptize her. It was the first time I had ever done this, and I was so thankful to be part of this celebration in her life as she declared her faith in Christ. Following her baptism, my life group partner and I met with her a few minutes before each Wednesday night for a couple of months to help her start her discipleship process. And it's cool this year that Michaela, my co-leader, has now begun meeting with her a couple of times a month to continue helping her walk with the Lord. And then there is Mix. And Mix is the week-long middle school camp at John Brown University in Arkansas. 600 middle schools, middle schoolers all together in one place <laughs> from several states. It is high energy worship and teaching, small group discussions, crazy games, the best dining hall food on the planet, and late night discussions in the dorms. These amazing experiences really help build character and help our kids learn more about Jesus. We had a great group of boys and girls from Journey last year, and I just enjoyed every minute of it. Our weekend fall retreats are another opportunity for us to be together to learn and pray and build some lasting friendships at the Youth Front Camp in Lassine, Kansas. And in addition to the learning and the playing and the growing, we also get to hang out in really cool, rustic dorms with our girls. Uh, we also enjoyed some more relaxed moments. We've taken our girls through an overnight at Michaela's home, and we've also had a Christmas party with these kids. We hung out, we played games, we did crafts, we made pizzas, and we ate a lot of candy and a lot of snacks and had fun. What does it really take to serve a journey middle schooler or a journey high schooler? I think it takes a willingness to be intentional with your time and by giving them your full attention. I think it makes it possible for us to speak into their lives when we do this. We need to ask open-ended questions and really listen well. And don't be afraid to sh challenge these kids. I think our middle and high schoolers expect to be challenged. And it's through these challenges that their faith begins to become their own. When discipling a student, I think we need to keep in mind that every one of them is so different and that what's going to work with one will not likely work with another. So we need to really get to know our kids. I continually pray for flexibility and patience. You need to be prepared for the ups and downs, the times when school and sports schedules have to be worked around, and the moments when the kids pay great attention or are easily distracted through all of our discussions. 
And then finally, I think it's so important for us to be consistent. A lack of consistency not only can be a hindrance to their spiritual growth, but it also can set a bad example of what discipleship looks like. So there's really just no getting around it. If you want to be in the middle of what's happening with the young people, if you want to watch God work in their lives, if you want to begin building relationships that will last way beyond youth group, and if by God's grace and through his spirit, you want to be part of their walk with the Lord, then jumping into journey students is the thing to do. So my co-leaders, Michaela and Jenna, the rest of the leaders and staff in student ministries would welcome you. And I hope you'll consider this opportunity. I think you will love it. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Candace Johnson. I am the Women's Ministry Director here at Journey Bible Church. And my time talking this morning is going to be just a little bit different. I feel like I've been serving for a really long time, so I will eventually talk about women's ministry, but I just want to give you guys just a little bit of where I've been on my journey. You know, um, when I think about the benefits of serving, one of the things that come to mind for me, there's a lot of benefits, but for me, it's helped me to see and know the difference between volunteering and being called to a a specific area of ministry where you feel like God's leading you there. Because I really think there's a difference between the two. Um, You know, I think it's a process. It's about learning about yourself and really how God's made you and the gifts that you have. So let me just give you a little background for me. My husband and I, we've been attending here at this church for quite a while. um, So probably about 22 years. And this is before we had kids, you know, we started coming here and we just wanted to get plugged in somewhere. So the first place that we plugged in was on the greeting team. And I will just say that I absolutely loved this. I loved it. And this is surprising. And the reason why is because I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. And all that means, it's a comfort level. So to be behind the scenes, that's just more comfortable for me than to be right up front. But, um, you know, I learned so much about myself doing this, and I learned that I liked engaging with others and um, just those conversations. To be a greeter, you really have to do extrovert type of activity. And this is the time where we shook everyone's hand coming in the door. So I don't know if you guys remember that. It was everyone's hand coming in the door. So, but I love this, and I don't know if I would have known that if I didn't plug in and do something that was outside my comfort zone. So I just think that's such a benefit of being able to serve. There's so many different areas that you can plug into. And even if it's outside your comfort zone, you can learn um, in doing that and you grow in doing that. You know, as time went on for my husband and I, we, our, our volunteering started shifting over to more of a calling for us. And this is later when we had kids, he was being called towards kids ministry. For myself, I was not being called towards that, but I will tell you I did serve with him, so I get everything you guys are saying because um, 
those are memories that I will always cherish. And to be a part of your kid's spiritual walk, that, those, those are things that's just priceless. So um, I, I let him lead that, but I supported him. But at that time, I was being called over to women's ministry. And my friend and I, we took over leadership over the Fit for Him ministry. It was later called Activate. This was an exercise class. And it was just another way of serving God. But I will tell you, this is the first time I felt called to ministry. And during this time, this is where I really felt God teaching me about dependence on him and just perseverance and uh, patience and knowing what that means in my life. This is the first time also that I really was experiencing that true spiritual growth. And when I think about benefits of serving, just that opportunity you have to grow spiritually, that's probably the biggest benefit that I would say, because when you serve, that just provides that kind of an environment to grow you. Um, you know, as time went on, I went on to women's ministry leadership and now the women's ministry director. But here's what I would say about all of that. If I did not have that experience in those different areas, I think I wouldn't be as clear to where God's calling me to serve now. So I'm very thankful for those opportunities. You know, as I even think about how it's impacted my life, if I was just a bottom line in one sentence, I would say that serving has helped get my eyes off of me and put my eyes in Jesus. You know, Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And to me, that's just a perfect example of what serving does because truly it helps you learn how to trust in Jesus, how to put your eyes, your thoughts onto Jesus. And when we learn how to do that, that's when it yields peace in our life. Um, as I thought about my own journey, you know, for a long time, um, I'd say when I was a lot younger, okay, for a long time, I, um, I remember where I kept telling myself, oh, I'll just do these things later. And it was things that were going to get me closer to God. I'll do Bible study later. I will read my Bible. I'll do it later. There are all these things that I knew God was calling me to, but I kept putting off. And I just remember there was a time in my life where I said, told myself like enough, it's time to do those things you know God's asking you to do. And it was really, he was asking me to go into a deeper relationship with him. And I would say when I decided that inside of me, I think that's where ministry became very important to me. So when I think about how it's impacted my life, I, I just really think in all of this, it's helped me grow closer to Jesus. It's helped me learn how to fix my eyes on him and off of me. And um, it's helped me to learn how to trust him. I'm not saying I do those things perfectly, but I'm saying I know the difference when I'm not doing it. And obviously knowing that, that's where it brings changed life. Um, I'm gonna refer to women's ministry in, um, now, because really that's where I've served for the last 15 years. And you know, um, when I'm thinking of, okay, how do you have changed life? For me, the one word that comes to mind is discipleship. And discipleship is a large part of serving in women's ministry. And I would even say it's probably the heart of women's ministry. You know, just to have someone look out for you spiritually, um, that's what we do when we serve. And that's so different than what the world does. I will tell you, the world is not looking out for any of us spiritually. It's really not. So to have someone come alongside you through serving, to pray with you, to walk you through those hard things, even the things of ministry, um, just to encourage you spiritually. 
that is where I've seen changed lives. I've seen it through women's ministry. I've seen it through the volunteers that have come into women's ministry um, and even then start serving over a period of time for myself. I have experienced this personally, um, discipleship over the last several years. And this is what I want to say in regards to that. My discipler, she believed in the power of Christ for me. And she did it for me until I believed it. And truly, that's what discipleship is. And honestly, that's why I'm standing up here today. So um, when I think about how I've seen changed lives and really just the impact of serving, you can hear it from everybody here. It really does impact you. And, um, and it's a ripple effect where other people are impacted as well just by you are coming in and serving and even volunteering and it impacts your family. So that's huge, and I really feel blessed. So thank you for having me up here today. Did you guys notice I didn't get a walk-up song? So I'm disappointed. No. <laughs> Let's all give uh, Levi, Mary, and Candace just another round of applause. Thank you guys so much. Now, not only does uh, God's word call us to serve inside the church itself, but we're also called to serve beyond the church. Uh, whether it's our Adopt-a-School partnerships here in Olathe, or our West Campus launch team on the other side of town, or prime timers looking to care for those who physically can't be here on Sunday, or celebrate recovery, reaching out to those with hurts, habits, and hangups in the area, or worship wagon that feeds and preaches to the homeless in downtown Kansas City, or the Panama Mission Foundation training church planters in the rainforest, or the India Gospel League taking the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. We want to be a church that's serving in the body of Christ and a church that serves beyond the body of Christ. And I know there are a great many of you who serve as the hands and feet of Jesus here at Journey Bible Church, even in big ways that we haven't mentioned today. Still, all our pastors and all our elders want to give every good, faithful, and joyful servant here just a huge thank you and a big well done. Thank you guys so much for serving. This podcast was produced by Journey Bible Church in Olathe, Kansas. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit journeybible.org. Thanks for listening.